0: Good evening, chemo Sabis, and welcome to Slow Motion Triple Feature, a podcast in which three friends watch three movies over the course of three weeks. Each month, a different friend will select a different triple feature for their friends to enjoy and discuss. Slow Motion Triple Feature is one of the many fine podcasts brought to you by the American Friend Institute. I'm your host, Mike Keller, and I'm joined today by my good friends, Andrew and Kit. Tonight, we're finishing up Kit's Secret Successes triple feature with 2013's The Lone Ranger, directed by Gore Verbinski and starring Armie Hammer and Johnny Depp. Uh, Kit, would you like to tell us a little bit more about the picture?
1: Um, in what or sense? Just, I didn't really uh, do any research what made about...
0: You, <laughs> oh, what made you no. pick it? Just, yeah, what made you pick it for tonight? And what are some of your kind of introductory thoughts on it?
1: Well, I just, watched I watched this probably back when it came out on, like, you know, when it was released. We were at our old apartment, and I remember, like, it. the computer, the laptop was up on a chair, and I was laying down on the floor... I kind of watched the movie like horizontally (laughs) and
2: (laughs) I was like, that's why it worked for you.
1: Yeah. And I, we might've watched John Carter first. I don't know. I feel like it was like on some kind of string of like, let's watch the biggest flops of all time or something. Oh, (laughs) And, um, John Carter, I thought was such a turd. Um, like really bad.
0: Was John Carter like it was around the same time, but was it before or
1: after one year later?
3: I think it was one okay. year before. I think think Lone Ranger's 2013. I think John Carter was 2012, maybe even 2011. And then Battleship is somewhere in there.
1: Yeah. Okay. But watching a Lone Ranger, I was like, and I mean, I knew what the reputation was. It was like, it was like basically like Wild Wild West part two and a huge, huge flop. And I was like, I'm really quite enjoying this movie like it's really long um but I liked it and since then I've watched it several more times more recently because I re-edited it I'm like I watched it a million times and I think compared to the previous two movies we talked about I definitely have a lot more critical to say about this film but it's but the but i also possibly enjoy watching it more than the previous two as well mm-hmm. um i think it looks absolutely extraordinary it's so gorgeous to look at the it's such a like when it's firing like it's such a legit western um to me it's so it's so beautiful it looks expensive as fuck Um, and not in like a CGI explosion kind of way, even though there is like CGI in it and stuff, but it looks expensive in terms of like the vistas and the cinematography and the costumes and the horses and like all this stuff. It's just so, um, it's really gorgeous. I think that's probably the number one reason I enjoy it, but I also really, um, it really makes me laugh in certain ways. It's extremely fucked up and dark Mm -hmm. in other ways like i definitely see why it flopped because it has that classic it seems like if you want to guarantee a movie is movie flops make a movie for kids that kids can't see uh (laughs) like that's (laughs) that's what you do like this would have scared like pirates of the caribbean has its elements of like it's you know that's like a spooky scary kind of movie at certain points but it's got nothing on like human viscera on William Fitchner's beard, like darkness. <laughs> like right. that's like, I would, I don't know if there's one fucking thing I would have liked about this movie when I was like a really little kid. I probably wouldn't have been able to watch it. Um, that's not to suggest that it's like extremely, it is pretty violent. It's though. pretty like, violent. It's, it's just definitely like it would be so boring for children. And then there's stuff that will traumatize them. <laughs> mm-hmm. But for an adult me I really like certain aspects of it but like still you know i may spend most of this time saying things that i would change about it because i've been thinking about that a lot recently yeah um and looking at the problems of it because they're very obvious like it could have been a lot better um but the stuff that's good is like fuck that's so good it's so great looking the performances are funny and scary and it's very westerny it's just a very, like, I think the two train set pieces are fucking awesome. I love them. And apparently I'm into train stunts because that's my favorite stunt in the Fast and the Furious movies, too, is the train one. <laughs> um, So, yeah, it just, it's very fun to watch for me. Even the parts that mm-hmm. are shitty that annoy me. I'm like, this. it doesn't ruin my enjoyment of just, like, sitting down and watching this movie.
0: Yeah. Well, Andrew... Had you seen the film before, and uh, what were your thoughts?
3: <laughs> yeah, I saw it in I saw it in the theater uh, in 2013. So I had just moved to Louisiana. I was living by myself, trying to start my career, and I had no friends. So on the weekends, I would go and I would pay for one movie, and then I would watch like three or four. Um, <laughs> don't tell the police. Um, and the Lone Ranger, like. You know, it was the summer movie season, I remember. So it was like there's stuff coming out every week. But then I would, you know, I would see movies that I liked like multiple times. And Lone Ranger was like one of the movies that was like, okay, if I, you know, Star Trek is out right now and I can see that. And then I can see uh, something else four hours later, but I can watch Lone Ranger in between to pass the time. Mm -hmm. Um, I, the first time I watched it, I really did not like it. The second time I watched it, I really did not like it. But the third time I watched it, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Okay, so let me, I, I agree with a lot of what Kit said. Um, I was watching a video essay, uh, and one thing that was said that resonated with me is that this movie is really special. It's it's pure popcorn entertainment, uh, especially during like the two, the two very, very good train action scenes. And it almost oh. felt... To me, while I was watching it last night, like I was in a theater. Because I think this movie is so designed for the theater experience. Like, um, the cadence of the editing and directing is so tight and thought out. It's like Spielbergian, even. Uh, I was constantly reminded of, like, River Phoenix in the train chase at the beginning of Uh Last Crusade. Um, So it's, I think, made with the best intentions, too. And I mean... How many Western tent poles are there? Uh, it's like yeah. this and Wild Wild <laughs> West. So two massive box office and critical f- failures. And I do think this is better than Wild Wild West for sure. Um,
1: oh, fuck yes. So, Wild Wild West I watched recently. Right. And I'd never seen it before. And I was like, oh, maybe there will be some fun stuff in here. I love, um, what's his name? Um, director.
3: Oh, Barry Levinson, of course. Oh, he's, Sonnenfeld. He's, he's, Bar- he's, or no, uh, yeah, Sonnenfeld, sorry. Ugh.
1: Barry Sonnenfeld. The other Barry. Yeah. And, boy, that movie sucked. It had, like, nothing redeeming about it. No,
3: it's <laughs> very bad. It's very bad. But what, what concerns me yeah. about The Lone Ranger is the space between those incredible set pieces. I mean, there are long, boring sequences yeah. that are only intermittently saved by Army Hammer and Johnny Depp. Like... I feel bad, but, like, I fell asleep watching this movie last night, and, um, not for long, but, like, I found myself falling asleep, I would wake up, Johnny Depp would make me laugh, and I would fall back to sleep. Um, so, I just, you know, I feel like the story got lost in the shuffle, you know, it's taken me three attempts, one of which was in the theater, to feel like I could fully understand the story and what was happening, and I just feel like the script was really bad, and wanted to be too many things. It wanted to be occasionally a slow burn western, occasionally a big heavy F- FX, uh, a heavy FX action That's- movie, and it wanted to be scary and also a Disney movie.
1: Um, no, I think it feels it feels weirdly, and I, I want to let Mike go, obviously, but it feels weirdly like a movie with too much confidence and also not enough confidence like as i'll get into like i think the problems with the film have a lot to do with the extraordinary success of pirates of the caribbean
3: yeah but Um, uh, the funny thing is is like this is how the last especially the last uh gore verbinski directed pirates of the caribbean movie felt like just absolutely directionless with some of the most like like there's a scene in one of the fat in one of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, I think the last one, where like they're they have to sail a ship out of Purgatory, on mm-hmm. on these pebbles that are actually crabs, like they're they look like pebbles. And they, it's just this weird batshit crazy thing that looks amazing and is so weird. And it just there's so many times in this movie where I was just like with the with the train the first train thing where the big. I don't know, whatever, mm-hmm. the chugga-chugga thing. You know what I'm talking about? The big bar yeah. or whatever, the crossbar, yeah. like flying through the air and just, it's just like a thing that like, that's, that's so cool that somebody thought about that. And it's sandwiched mm-hmm. in between just like the biggest yawn.
1: It's so like, um, well, okay. But, but what I was going to say about like where it lacks confidence, I think, is the belief that they could make a sincere Western mm-hmm. with kind of... um uh god, I'm forgetting everyone's name today. Who's the like silent movie guy who did all those crazy stunts? Comedy guy. Harold Lloyd? The other Buster one. Buster Keaton. Buster Keaton. Okay. With all these like Buster Keatony stunts in them. Mm-hmm. And they fucking did it. Like it's it's I think a gorgeous Western. There's obviously like a ton of searchers-y type things in it. The score is great, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. the action is really good. And then they were like, but we need more, like, stupid jokes. Like, the humor, there's humor that's really funny in it to me, too. But they were like, we need to be meta about this. Like, they keep being meta about The Lone Ranger. They put in that framing device, which I have a lot to say about, that serves absolutely no purpose except to justify a radio-slash-TV character. I said it would be like if the Brady Bunch movie had some kind of framing advice device designed to get us to believe that the Brady Bunch really existed? Like, why? Who fucking cares? We know this is IP. Like, just get on with it. It's a movie. Um, stuff like that, or, like, at the end when he does his, like, hi-ho silver and then Johnny Depp has to interrupt him and be like, don't ever do that again. It's like, you made a great shot. You made me a person... <laughs> In 2013, feel as excited as I imagine like my grandpa felt possibly hearing that on the radio and you had to fucking undermine it yeah. <laughs> because like w- this is what, you know, Marvel does or whatever. It's just stupid anyway. Um, anyway, sorry, Mike, what'd you think? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, yeah, so this is my first time watching this. Um, I think... Like, I was aware of it when it came out. I don't think I was aware that it was such a huge flop. Um, uh, I think it just kind of passed by. I didn't pay too much attention to it. Was it was this a summer release? I forgot. Oh, yeah. When it came out. I
1: believe so. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, I think probably in 2013, I just wasn't that up on what was going on. Uh, But I did have an impression like, okay, like that's not a good movie. Like people people thought that it was it was bad or something like I, I knew something about it, negative about it. And then as you put it in part of your secret success triple feature, I was like, um, you know, this is a movie that Kit is arguing is good that other people are not, uh, have did not enjoy, uh, apparently. And so I went in with like, uh, not low expectations, but like with the expectation, let's see, this isn't super important, I suppose, but like with, uh, like, low expectations, but ready to be surprised. So, almost high-ish expectations. But anyways, long story short, I uh, was pleasantly surprised by this. Like, especially a, a two-and-a-half-hour movie, I, like, that's that can be a lot for me, especially for blockbusters, especially Disney blockbusters. They're so long, and uh, they just, like, they have, like, a movie and a half in them because they're always preoccupied with the sequel and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, which, some of those movies are perfectly fine, but that's, a lot of times that really irks me. But with this, it was, like, the framing device I wasn't nuts about. It felt like it started. It kind of was It the maybe first 20 minutes kind of are, like, uh, fits and starts. Like, you want it to just get rolling, but it, like, keeps stopping itself to do, like, you know, uh, it's, like, it starts with the ending. And then it does a yeah. flash forward Which, to the kid at the, what's that?
1: That is a terrible decision. And you better believe yeah. that I cut. Basically, right up until the guys are building the train, Uh, I cut Tom Wilkinson's first speech because he's introduced later to our lead character where he's like literally says his name and shakes his hand. I'm like, we don't need to meet this guy multiple times. Yeah. And then cut to the Rangers coming up because they all, because like Tom Wilkinson explains what's going on. He's like, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Butch Cavendish is on this train right now, which is like, this crowd would not give a shit about that. And then seconds later, a couple minutes later, you have the Rangers explain what's happening anyway. Right. And then we see William Fitch and we're like, hmm, pretty sure that's the bad guy of our film. Right. Um, and like, so yeah, I cut all that. So basically you get straight to, you get to the, you understand train, you know, transcontinental railroads being built. You get to the Rangers like riding up and you think here's our heroes because here's the framing device and particularly previewing the bank robbery really fucks they feel like focus group additions to me because yeah they ruin the premise of the film which is flawed in a way to begin with but i think the introduction of army hammer's character the introduction of the rangers and then of army hammer I think they both have really good character introductions. Like, we get a really funny, good introduction to the kind of person that Army Hammer is and how he's not the kind of guy you're going to expect to become the Lone Ranger. Mm -hmm. But when you start the movie by showing him as the Lone Ranger, (laughs) like, doesn't that undermine the audience expectation is supposed to be whether this works or not. But clearly what the movie wants is for you to expect Dan to become the Lone Ranger, Army's brother. That's why, that's why, and here's the crazy thing, that's why the framing device exists, I think, is to help set that up. But it's based on such a dumb assumption, which is, so the kid, the little kid who's talking to old Tonto keeps saying, he keeps expressing shock, like, wait a second, Dan died? like. Oh, yeah. The, and the reason he's saying that is because the Lone Ranger's name is Dan Reed. Like in all of the like Lone Ranger stuff, had no idea. But no, no one has any idea. No, nobody (laughs) knows. Like, so the whole, so the reason that the kid is surprised to hear, like, wait a minute, all the Rangers dead are dead, including Dan.
3: Like, that's like a huge. That can't be. That's huge. That's a huge thing I was missing from understanding this movie.
1: (laughs) Right. But see. you really don't need any of that because the, the, the emotional stakes of the story, I think, still work if you're just like, well, he has this very capable brother. And the jokes, I think, that Tonto and other people make about like, oh, I would have preferred the brother. Like, those are still funny even if you don't know that like, oh, Dan is the name of the Lone Ranger in the original scene. And in fact, they're not any funnier if you do know that. Um, no, that's so interesting. That is, so, the, so I think the framing device exists Assuming that we were all born in 1920 and remember well, Mike was. <laughs> that the Lone Ranger's yeah. name is fucking Dan Reed and not John Reed. And that's why <laughs> Dan and John, to, anyway. what a leap. So that's hmm. fucking st- Yeah. So yeah, that's fucking that the framing device adds nothing. And in fact, like you would think maybe it would be there to skip, like <laughs> for instance, Tonto somehow gets out of jail, and finds all the bodies of the Rangers. And when he arrives on that scene, the kid in the framing device interrupts him and goes, "Um, hey, how'd you get out of jail? And, like, you would think, oh, within the framing device tonto will give us some summary <laughs> of how he got out of jail but he just said he just doesn't explain it so yeah. then it's like well then why is the fr- like i can go with it like he's got his weird we see his weird bird shadow thingy like tonto's magic whatever um he he, he got out he got out of jail um
3: see that's so then it's like, well, the, why are you
1: interrupting the movie then
3: that's another thing so, too with like just characters sort of like an inconsistent understanding of like the sort of magic of the movie or who these characters are. Like, there's that whole thing where, like, you basically know Tonto is magic from the opening of the movie in some way. Uh, And then they spend probably 30 or 40 minutes, like, having us doubt Tonto, even though we've already seen him do, like, magic stuff. And the same thing with The Lone Ranger. Like, I found myself unable to understand... Like, what, what does he have? Is he, does he have some sort of abilities? Like, there's times no. where he's just super, super clumsy and it's kind of a big trouble in little China sort of situation, mm-hmm. which is funny. Or the green hornet. Yeah. Uh, Very
1: green hornety. Which
3: is great. Like, I think that that's, that, that's funny. It works. Um, but then there's other times where uh, the Lone Ranger's able to, you know, shoot up the a quarter from a half a mile away with a pistol or whatever so it's like i don't in the bank in the bank
1: robbery scene he shoots down the chandelier to fall he breaks the chain on the chandelier with a bullet right which is the thing he accidentally and only accidentally did previously when he crushed those guys skulls right so like that's and that's one of the main problems is that like john i like the green hornet premise um yeah me too that the not-white side character is the one with all of the skill, although that does begin to run into a problem, which I can get to. But it's funny, like, for Tonto to have all of the knowledge and all of the skill, and he's, and and John is completely ineffectual, and he's basically just tripping his way through this adventure. So,
0: I got a question. Yeah, in the you know the the radio serials or the the film or sorry the TV show, uh, was that the case? Was it kind of like no. Tonto? Was the, okay, so no. that's that's something they brought into this adaptation.
1: Tonto is way more of like a sidekick, like a Poncho, Sancho Panza yeah. kind of.
0: Yeah. in the old show. In yes. the
1: yeah, and the Lone Ranger is like a legit hero.
0: Okay, um, I was kind of curious sure. about that. Oh, also- but
1: at the, by the end of the film, John has. A bunch of skills like he's very good yeah. on a horse he's a very good shot he's like but do you feel that we
3: had a ch- like do you feel that as things are happening in this movie we are understanding that he's gaining skills and knowledge like I don't know okay no okay. I n- no oh, so I don't
1: think so
0: one thing I put in my notes was that like so I keep calling it a two and a half hour movie but it is eight minutes of that as credits I realized mm-hmm. uh but still, this is a this is a very long movie for you to have a protagonist that the audience is, like, wanting to kind of get with it. Yeah. Like, um, so, you know, he's very principled, and he doesn't want to kill anybody or shoot anybody. He wants to bring everybody in and, like, do by the law. And, like, that's frustrating, both because, like, you really want to see William Fitchner, like, get it, uh, but then also, like, for after two hours of, like, that not working out very well, like, you really want him to, like finally kind of like nut up and like um you know shoot somebody kill you know or you know do what is obviously necessary because this bad guy has escaped now like multiple times right. and he has connections you know on like a federal level um but uh so yeah i think that was one thing i thought was a problem with his with uh
3: the lone rangers character well um, and they take it to such extreme heights i think with the action like to preserve his integrity like there's this yeah. There's this scene where the US troops mow down a bunch of Comanches with a Gatling gun and it's like really brutal. Uh and then in like a scene that happens 5 minutes later, the Lone Ranger like uses his whip to grab the I same hate. Gatling mm-hmm. gun in another situation and sh- and shoot at all of his enemies without hitting a single one and it's just like I just the obs- it, like I know that's like a PG-13 action movie trope like you know that the uh people don't ever get hit by bullets or whatever but it's like yeah. done to such in- it's like it's again it's another case of like the movie not I think maybe not knowing what type of movie it is because it's like yeah. in one scene there's brutal slaughter happening right and in the next scene there's just like goofy people people dancing cuz bullets are flying around them yeah they
1: they really i think i uh, my argument for the worst sin of the film is that right after john learns about tonto's tragic backstory and is like army hammer looks almost brought to tears by hearing it um they have like the silliest worst fight that they have like the next shot of after like John realizing that like Tonto feels responsible for the like extermination of his entire tribe and that he's basically, according to like the chief, like his mind is broken by that tragic experience. Yeah. Like almost, and then you see Army Hammer looking like he's about to cry hearing that. The next shot is them buried up to their necks in dirt.
0: (laughs) So that scene, like they're buddies by then and he just leaves them. Like, he just well, leaves them in the dirt with right, scorpions on him.
1: Right after, they're buddies, and he's just heard yeah. how horrible Tonto's life has been. And then, in, when they, it's kind of dragged out, that whole fight, but when they get, they catch up with Fitchner at the, you know, mine or whatever it is, um, and they totally pull a, um, what did I say? Oh, yeah. They totally, they, they do a, um, uh, your parents are dead. Uh, kind of thing. Like, which is what they, that's how they assassinate Ron's character in the last Harry Potter movie, uh, or second to last, where they have John say something completely irredeemable to Tonto, which basically, like, it's your fault that when you were a child, these white guys killed everyone in your family and, right. your, and, and your entire community, which is like, no rational person would ever say that. And there was such an easy way around it, which like, it would make way more sense for John to be like, so what John's trying to accomplish in that scene is he really doesn't want Tonto to kill Cavendish because he doesn't believe that that would be justice. Right. And so what he's trying to do by saying that is stop Tonto from killing him. And so it makes sense for him to say Tonto, like to try to reason with him and be like, look, they told me what happened to you. The Wendingo's not real. It's just how you're dealing with this trauma that happened to you. But, like, put the gun, you know, like, that kind of reason with him and be like, look, I know what happened. And then Tonto can still freak out and tell John, like, you know, it can still be their breaking point because it makes sense for Tonto to be upset that, first of all, John has been told this, and then for him to be reminded that it happened. Right. um, And kind of be confronted with it. But instead they have him say, like... (laughs) you you're crazy and you killed everyone in your tribe it's your fault which is just like well there's no real coming back for that from that with John and when like when I say that I really enjoy and like watching this movie I definitely sort of watch it as like the movie that it is in my head like I'm editing it myself and now I've actually edited it into like the movie that I want it to be um but those kind of moments are totally just so stupid and the back and forth like well the moment you're talking about where like they attack the the comanche attack the um the train that's like loaded with silver and it's nighttime mm-hmm. and then they like all die and it's like whatever remained of tonto's tribe is now like really super gone right yeah um <laughs> the next so like then you you're the John and Tonto, like, float out of their, like, cave that they jumped into, and Tonto finds his, you see all the arrows and, like, axes, like, tomahawks and things, like, floating down the river, indicating that they've been slaughtered. And then he finds his crow in the water, and it's, like, you know, it's silent, but you're realizing, like, this is Tonto realizing that everyone else he, you know, from his tribe is dead now. The next shot is the horse in a tree. And Tonto (laughs) says something like, weird horse or something. Dude, yeah. I like that the horse is up in a tree. That's funny, but come on. Yeah. <laughs> like, why are you so the reason I got off on that was to say that I think that John's John's like skills arc is not clear at all. He should no. still have like no skills at the end of the movie and it would probably be fine. Um Right. I think like the but... the
3: level of uh like like his, his skill level and his like ineptitude at the beginning of the, m- like, that's, that was like, I believed that this dorky lawyer was yeah, able to climb on top like of his a brother. Yeah. That's fun,
1: but he's brave, but he, he's like, he cares about, he cares about justice enough that he's going to get up and go investigate this thing. Even if he doesn't. And like the best to me, the, the high point of the movie is when he breaks into the car, where William Fitchner and Tonto are being held and he's standing in front of the train doors and taking the bullets out of the gun and giving his little speech about, you know, where the train is headed. He's saying the future. future." And as he like lifts the gun, the doors open and all of William Fitchner's guys are right outside pointing like seven guns at him. It's great. That's, fucking great i love it so, <laughs> so great, much yeah. that's so worth there's so the price many of admission and then there's
3: so many moments like that too like that's what i'm saying like with yeah. like the 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 movie has like a very specific like cadence to it in those action scenes mm-hmm. with like the way the humor is blended in with and it's like it's so tightly choreographed uh It's it's very interesting to me, and then just the way the the like there was there's that moment where like the music is functioning with the gunfire. It reminded me of something like um like Baby Driver or something. Like it's very musical, Mm -hmm. just like all encompassing musical. It's very interesting to me. It's very. That was my
1: that was my other problem with opening with the bank robbery is that it previews the William Tell Overture, and it's like why would you do that? Because when that I never knew that I could be excited to hear the William Tell Overture, and then the ending when it starts, I'm like. I remember the first time I saw that, I was like, oh, my God, this rules so hard. It's so cool that they, like, withheld this for so long. Because I think I didn't remember, like, oh, yeah, they played it at the beginning when they were robbing the stupid bank. Like,
0: that's why? Yeah, I, I had the, the same thing happen. And then I kind of clicked through it this morning on my computer to kind of review it for my notes. And I, I was like, oh, they did. I was like, so when I watched it at first, I was like, oh, that's the first time they've played it. That's, like, the theme. How exciting. And then I realized, I was like, oh, no, they played that earlier in the movie. Yeah,
1: which just feels yeah. like a decision that was made.
0: It must that have been that was added
1: later, or something. I think you're right. Kind of, although
0: the
3: movie.
0: To come back around to something else, you had said about the the framing device. I don't fully hate the framing device. I don't either. Um, I think I think I if think you
3: knew, I think if you if you had the context, if like if it would be like if Batman had a brother, and we knew Bruce Wayne was Batman, but you know Bob Wayne. Was his loser <laughs> brother? Uh, if right. Bob Wayne became bad, like then that would be like gasp. That, that would be that would be fun. Yeah. That
1: makes such an insane assumption about people's knowledge of the Lone Ranger. Like well, all we so, know about Lone Ranger is he wears a mask and he says "Hi ho, Silver" and shit.
0: So that specific part of the framing device is kind of like whatever. But I just mean like I think that Tonto telling this story to the kid is a way to get the littler kids in the audience into this movie that is pretty much a movie for adults. Uh, like I mean, the story. There's not other. You know, there's that one little boy in the story, but really, it's 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 kind of like um, like Spielberg does that a lot, and I I can think it like maybe The Rocketeer doesn't do this, but oh, like yeah, um, there's
1: reasons to have like a framing device for sure. Like yeah. I was thinking, like you know the, the and sometimes and it's not only like you know in the custom house or in Frankenstein, it's sort of like like the epistolary nature of Frankenstein is kind of meant to be like did this really happen? And that increases the horror. But in something like Titanic, it's like, well, there's a framing device because James Cameron wants you to have a lot of exposition, like scientific exposition about the sinking about the Titanic. And he needs a way to deliver that. And then also it kind of explains like, Oh, some people survived. And that's why we have a pretty accurate, like, like story of what happened and what it was like. Um,
0: Unlike The Perfect Storm, which at a point when the radio goes down is pure fabrication.
1: Right, it has to be. That's Um, always bugged me. But I just think to me, it smacks of being afraid to just make it a Western. It also is like, I mean, I can tell you, like, you cut out the whole framing device, you save a lot of time on the fucking film. Like, which is what I did. Well, like,
0: <laughs> one other thing about the framing device, though, is I really liked the way, like, the fair looked. And I it looked liked the amazing. way, I yeah, agree. all that looked good. But it yeah, looked, I, the,
1: the, the diorama whole thing is like, it's beautiful. It's like everything basically in the movie. It's fucking amazing yeah. looking, but you just don't need it. And I don't think the I wonder looked that great
0: if there would have been. So, like, if part of if the intent of the framing device was to show like a little kid who's just totally enraptured by this story, if they I wonder if they could have taken uh, the little boy. was it dan's son or john's son he's dan's Uh, okay so yeah and made him kind of just be like wow or you know you know the key would be showing the kid being really interested so that a kid in the audience would be like this is something that i should or even
1: like have there be like a myth of the lone ranger that exists in this western like context and that kid knows of it and so maybe his dad's dead but he's like no don't worry like the Lone Ranger's, like, gonna avenge him, or, like, Dad's the Lone Ranger, or something, like, if, yeah. if, the, if what they're trying to get into it is, like, a kid's eye view, which, again, I think it's flawed because this movie's not for kids. Kids are not gonna like this movie. If adults fall asleep during it, like, there's no fucking way that a kid is... See,
0: I think, though, The Rocketeer was pretty much a movie for adults, but when I saw it when I was, like, four or five, I guess five uh like i loved it and so like i think you could do something like that with the lone ranger they didn't do that but like
1: right oh you could yeah absolutely but they didn't and tacking on this like framing device is not going to yeah accomplish it like it's not to what
0: they currently have yeah
1: right like 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 i agree like the kid it could be like the princess bride of like basically the grandpa is like making a case for like Here's why you should give a shit about this romance story, right. child. <laughs> like, sure, but then the rest of the movie is like, you know, geared at least like kind of equally toward children. There's, you know, it, and it's not two and a half hours long, also. Right. But like, I like the shit of. Like Tonto just basically having a s- scene talking to a horse and digging graves, and s- like there's a lot of silence in this movie, which I really appreciate. I don't know that a kid would really.
3: <laughs> I don't. <laughs> appreciate yeah, it, yeah, for sure. So. Right. Yeah, I just it just occurred to me that this movie has the same framing device as uh, Young Guns too. <laughs> Well, there you go. Uh-huh.
1: Are they talking to like
3: a? They're talking to an diorama. Old, to, no, they are talking to an old man on the side of the road. Brad, Bradley uh-huh. Whitford is, and uh, who is Emilio Estevez in extreme old man makeup? <laughs> yeah. Also, Young Guns too rules. Um, I've never seen. It. I've got a. Uh, I got a factoid for you that, uh, okay. so I can flex my Lone Ranger knowledge. Um, did you guys know that? uh the green hornet is the canonical ancestor of the lone ranger no yeah so brit, uh the green hornet is brit reed and <gasps> i
1: know that it was Britt reed but i didn't put it together yeah
3: and uh it's funny because they're very very similar movies if you, I mean, yes, you've got a, a mo- and they're
1: both began as like radio dramas, mm-hmm. and they both have a like ethnic sidekick. Who's <laughs> yeah,
3: and Tom Wilkinson for some
1: reason, not the protagonist. <laughs> yeah,
3: and Tom Wilkinson is in both of these movies. So that was- <laughs> <gasps> Interesting.
1: <laughs> holy, holy shit. That is, I never really saw funny. the new
0: Green Lantern. No, Green, Green Hornet. Hornet, or Green Hornet, I mean, yeah, don't ah, mix
1: those up.
3: <laughs> I always do. I know, I know the difference, but I, I really mix them
1: like up. Green Hornet, and I recommend. Yeah, you, you should it.
3: you should check it out. It's so it's yeah. it's more I think it's more consistent with like yes. like the the Green Hornets' like abilities and like understanding who the character is. Like he's he's it's it's actually very funny. Like he is just a rich dude who decides to be a vigilante but is actually quite incapable. Um yeah. but he does kind of learn. He does kind of gain like and it's cool because he does kind of gain like Sort of a superpower, but which isn't really a superpower. But it's just like he has this sort of ability that's just told through Michel Gondry's weird aesthetics. Yeah, um, but huh. it's cool. I mean,
1: you don't like, cool. like Seth Rogen, so like, there's that. It would be an impediment to it, but it's definitely right. like that's another one where I, where I've seen it a number of times. I don't believe it deserves like the reputation Mm-mm. that it has. Mm-mm. Okay, it's much. It's very. There's a lot of like creative stuff in it and i think they did a good job with i don't know i guess addressing the fact that <laughs> there's something to the idea that like what the most iconic thing from the green hornet is bruce lee so it makes sense kind of to make kato like <laughs> the one of the main right draws
3: right exactly yeah
1: well and what i what i was also going to say about john's i feel like even though john's like skills development makes no sense i i think one reason maybe like that i didn't think about until this most recent watch that i enjoy this movie is like i think his his like emotional arc i think i connect to quite deeply where he starts out being this guy who he believes like so strongly in like the u.s government and justice and law and all of these things and over the course of the movie um he finds out what a bunch of bullshit that is and that's what convinces him to be like okay i'll just go pure like vigilante basically <laughs> that like everyone's that like everyone's full of shit like the military's full of shit the business leaders are full of shit like his you know just that his own that his his brother was basically killed for even trying to like keep a promise you know to the the natives and everything i sort of wish Uh, tonto was betrayed like all of this stuff
3: i wish he would have had that realization and just started gunning dudes down like an hour earlier not not in like a there's a movie there's a there's this really like this movie there's this movie called the rundown with the rock and Mm -hmm. uh it has like this cult following of like being like a minor action movie classic but like he's, like, the same way, where, like, he, he doesn't want to use guns. He doesn't he don't like guns. Like, it's just, like, this thing that carries through the whole movie until he's pushed to a point where he has to use guns, and it's, like, the most satisfying thing ever. And it's not <laughs> like it turns into a brutal movie or anything, but mm-hmm. it's just, like, it's...
1: Or, at the very least, like, I think, I mean, it's... Po- there's poetic justice in Tom Wilkinson being buried by a pile of silver at the bottom of a gulch. Like, that makes sense. But... What I would like to see more than I'd like to see, I agree with you. There could be a cool moment of him going, "Okay, fuck it," and shooting somebody. But let Tonto kill Cavendish. Oh yeah, for sure. Let him do it. Be like here, like like basically like I won't shoot you, but he will. And then just give him finally let him fucking do it. Yeah, like that would be god. That'd be great. Like (laughs) that would be so satisfying.
3: How does Cavendish even die? I don't remember he a train death he has a train death yeah he's in a he's in a he's in a death his death in my opinion is like sixty percent escapable, but for movie purposes, he just stands there mouth agape waiting to die
0: okay mm-hmm. What, he's like in a train he's in, in a he's in, oh yeah. yeah he he's in the the train with the car but it's like sideways. it's like
3: he's standing right in the direct path and it's like the two yeah. sides of the train just go stand on one side bro right. It's shit, yeah. It's Although, that's yeah. Uns, and that's that, and that's not satisfying. No, no.
0: That's that that death was cool, but not for the main villain. And
3: Yeah, let it be
1: somebody else.
0: And I got to say though that whole basically, I don't know, 10 to 15 minute section of like, you know, from when they steal the train to when they're running it towards, running it off the bridge, they blown up and stuff like that was awesome. Oh was, yeah, it's so awesome, it's so good. I think somehow I got that far. I, I think I finished the movie without realizing it was Gore Verbinski, and I was like, "What director did this?" Because I thought it would be like some guy that like that, like he made an indie movie, Disney put him behind this five hundred million dollar movie, and he never makes a movie again. And, um, but yeah. And then, you know, at the end of it, no, comes up is Gore like, that's the guy that would have made this movie. Like that. Exactly. Yeah. Perfect sense. It's, or it's perfect like sense. It's yeah.
1: Gore, Gore Verbinski, I mean, kind of likes, uh, Goldberg devices, you know, like I yeah. think of like A mouse, hunt. mouse hunt and everything yeah. like it, mm-hmm. that. And, and I mean, there's stuff in this that's like, so, um, like stuff, like, you know, the part in that scene where Johnny Depp, like, kind of like rides the ladder across yes. to the other yeah. train that's like exactly the shot from pirates of the caribbean almost when he kind of is the introduction to jack sparrow which right. is also fucking great yeah of him like on the mast of the sinking ship and then he like steps off onto the it really is great um onto the dock so um yeah
0: okay so this has he directed all of the pirates movies because no. i've only seen the no. First he the first, no he directed the first the first three
3: the first three and he and then he did i think this no then rango then this oh rango ruled yeah this is very rango-y yeah rango's
1: great this is very rango-y
0: agreed yeah he must really like westerns yeah Um, um but yeah i was gonna say though i remember in uh the second pirates of the caribbean movie it was like i hadn't been to the movie theater for a really long time when i saw it and I remember going and not really caring. Like, my roommate wanted to go. I didn't really have much interest. I was kind of so-so on the first one. But there's that scene where they're in the big, like, spinning wheel, and they're having a sword fight. Yeah. And I was like, this is just so cool. Like, the movie, yeah. I don't really remember liking or disliking it, but I remember just, like, sitting there and being like, this is why you go to the movie. Like, this is what's fun about being in a movie there's theater. There's ton- So I kind of wish I would have seen this in a the theater, honestly. That's but,
1: what I mean. Is like, I think that this, that's what I'm responding to in this film. is like, and you, I think... um Which one of you was talking about how like just it's very theat it's very much a movie like it's it's a movie like
3: (laughs) it it is you're not wrong
1: but it's so cinematic and like I watch it and I think like you don't get we don't get to see stuff like this there's because it's also like it doesn't like I said there's CGI in this but it doesn't feel like a CGI explosion it feels feels very I can't really tell what's practical what's not. Um, I think...
3: A lot of it is... Pr- even a lot of the train stuff is, is practical, too. Like, so much of it, really.
1: And it's so... I, I just really believe that that makes a fucking difference. That, like... That... Like, you know, Endgame is satisfying in its own way. And, like, you know, all the heroes showing up and the portals at the end. But this is satisfying in a way for me just knowing like some of this they're really fucking doing. They just had to put like, they had to get a train. They had to get like, you know, run on top of a train. Like they had to do all of this shit. And the weight of it is so much more, you know, it's more exciting if you feel like it's a little bit possible to actually do.
3: (laughs) Yeah, it is. I think it's just, I think it's so, to me, it's like that much more unfortunate that the rest of the movie is, is not the rest, but so much more, so much of the movie is, um, just falls completely flat. I mean, it's like, it's like you have these incredible things that people really aren't going to remember because you made a overall, you made kind of a turd of a movie. And it's like, you know, I, I agree with Mike. It's like, oh yes, this is so obviously Gore Verbinski because he, like his trademark, I feel like has become, uh, A director who, any five minutes, any five minute chunk of a of a Gore Verbinski movie will suck you in, Uh, but you it'll be it. it, But if you stay for five minutes longer, you find out that nothing is really holding together. Uh, He did that one that horror movie a few years ago. I remember that trailer. What was that movie?
0: You know I'm sure for wellness.
3: Yes, that trailer was like, holy shit! Somebody made a just masterful and beautiful horror movie, big budget horror movie. Yeah. I'm so stoked. Could not tell you a single thing that happened in that fucking thing. No, the I agree. Pirates of the Caribbean. movie
0: was like completely gorgeous, but then just, it was so boring. So like nothing. Boring. And
3: there was, yeah. and that's a lot of the Lone Ranger and the same thing with Pirates 3. Yeah. Pirates 3 is absolutely nonsensical. It also has a pirate ship battle that takes place inside of a whirlpool. And that's awesome. Uh, yeah, (laughs) none of it means a fucking thing, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know, and and I I do know, I do know that he was told by Disney executives. I know that they had a release date, and I know that they just told him to go out and shoot pirate stuff until this, until the script was finished. Um, yeah, so that's you know, part of that's the studio machine. So, I used to kind of like blame them, but it's like, okay, but now you've made two movies since then, and they've all had the same problem.
1: I I feel like maybe this is time to talk about Johnny Depp as Tonto. Okay. It feels like something I have to like talk about if I'm like, I like this movie. Can I, can I say something? Um, Because
3: I have a really hot take. Yeah. Okay. Well, Uh maybe it's not that hot, but like, so I was, I was watching the movie last night. I was thinking about the, I was thinking about like at the time how he, there was all this stuff they tried to do to get ahead of the controversy. Um uh, like mm-hmm. they had some bullshit thing where some tribe was like, uh, oh, we approve of John De- Johnny Depp playing Tonto because of him being 116th Cherokee or some shit. Um, it's in- it's it's insane to me like even on the screen like even when it's happening, it's like it's so far past like that being, Maybe okay. Like just like the climate has kind of moved past this being like an okay thing to do. But it's like that said, he's very good in the movie. And yes! I okay, do. This is not
1: a hot take.
3: Okay. And I do think <laughs> it's, 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 it's a hard thing to, well, it's not that hard, but it's a little, it's a little difficult to reconcile. Cause it's like, and clearly there's a reason why they are, you know, putting him, uh, in full face makeup the whole time, uh, just and also mm-hmm. I'm I'm sh- you know it didn't look like he was wearing tons of bronzer or anything but I'm sure he took a few trips to the tanning bed and so it's just kind of like there's definitely a sense that this is like wrong in some ways but it's also just like he's also the best thing going on in this movie so yeah <laughs> yeah
1: that's basically exactly how I feel and I'll yeah. tell you how I kind of reconcile it so um I think because I, I have some contradictory things to say I guess like I think like yes Johnny Depp's my favorite part of this movie I think this also side kit, of Johnny kit, Depp kit, the, like kit.
3: remember this is this is also there's another contradiction happening here which is that this is a movie where Johnny Depp is wearing a hat the whole time and it's good or he's good yeah so just yeah. I just wanted to remind I'm you
1: maybe his weird his weird his weirdest hat ever yeah um <laughs> but he so this is my favorite side the like I think what Johnny Depp expe- excels most at is not talking very much. Like he's amazing in Edward hands. He's super funny in Sleepy Hollow. He's very, I think, very funny in this. He's great at reacting, and I mean, he can also deliver a line great. Like I love, um, what does he say um, when when they're in the? They've been captured by the Comanche. Oh man! And John's like, oh, are they a, are they Apache? And Tonto goes, Comanche. And then John goes, oh, that's good, right? Meaning that's your tribe. And he goes, not so much. And i just like, just little things like that. He's really or, great. Or and at
3: the end of that scene where they're buried up to their uh, their necks and he just goes, uh, my name come up? <laughs> <Yeah>. Yes, <laughs> Killed exactly. Me. Killed me.
1: Um. I love when he's just like talking to the horse in the desert when he's trying to get the horse to go to the right brother's grave like all of that stuff it's like he's um he he all of my favorite like character parts of the movie uh, he's right. very funny. I think he's very funny in this. Um and it's it's the kind of performance that I like to see. I also think he looks great. Not just I don't mean, like, he looks hot, but, like, the body that he developed for this looks like a guy from, like, a 50s or 60s Western. Yep. Like, it's specifically that kind of, like, bu- like buff, not really buff, but, like, there's a, um that's a nice man's back, but it's not, like, Chris Hemsworth or something. It just looked so oh, period yeah. correct in a weird way. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, and i think that like the costumes like beautiful it's apparently based on a made up uh <laughs> it's not a real thing it was based on a painting by a white guy who just likes making up headdresses for native americans so that's So something that's so kind like of a, a weird a weird point of inspiration
3: that's kind of i think also maybe one of the things and i don't know I, I i i'm sure that there are plenty of people who are offended by johnny depp playing tonto and i honestly i think it's 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 very easy for me not to blame them but I will say that Tonto, the character in this movie, is developed to be so far removed from an actual Native yeah. American. And even, even, like, the name on that diorama, the the noble savage. Like, they're even kind of addressing it at the very top of the movie where they're like...
1: They're clearly trying to, to do like, something. just skate by, like, you know, yes. like, because they're they're saying like, well, Tonto's not a, I mean, he's crazy. Like he's a, he's, he's insane. He's, he, the Comanche don't claim him either. Like, and obviously when you, when they go talk to those guys, like they don't say the kind of weird mystical shit that Tonto says. They're like, he's fixing a watch and all of these things. Right. And so they're, the they're trying They're, very undercutting. Hard, very they're under, hard to make it. Okay. Yeah.
3: They're like undercutting um, the, the actual native Americans in this movie are actually right. undercutting the, the, the noble savage trope. Uh, And and, and Johnny Depp's Tonto is embracing it to the fullest, most absurd extent. It is a weird tightrope that's trying to walk.
1: What I will say is also, I think that the worst tendencies of this film, the really dumb, gross, indulgent humor, the old man Tonto framing device like, I think that all comes straight from a, the collab between Johnny Depp and Gore Verbinski. So, like, I personally think that the, th- that the things about this movie that are, like, bloated and seem to smack of overconfidence and a lack of restraint have to do with the fact that it's, well, it's Johnny Depp and Gore Verbinski. How could they go wrong? Like, right. the guys who made Pirates, they're going to fucking knock it out of the park again. Meanwhile, Pirates was made under the conditions of, like, Michael Eisner almost constantly threatening to not make the movie <laughs> because he was so scared to make to be making a pirate movie. And then this movie is like, take as much fucking money as you want and do whatever you want. And I fe- so I feel like if somebody else was playing Tonto, if someone who didn't have as much clout as Johnny Depp was paying Tonto, some of the dumbest shit in the movie that feels like Johnny Depp and Gore Verbinski farting around wouldn't be there. And it might be a more consistent movie. I also think, more so than The Green Hornet does, this movie has the problem that... Why isn't Tonto the main character? Tonto's motivation for chasing Cavendish and stopping the railroad are so much stronger (laughs) than John's. Like, his backstory is so much more interesting and more tragic. John has zero fucking skills, certainly at the beginning of the movie. We don't see why he ends up having any. Meanwhile, Tonto is, like, extremely resourceful and talented and borderline, like, a superhero. Um, and then John doesn't even really have a personality aside from liking the law, whereas Tonto is loaded with, like, you know, arguably too many quirks, but he's, like, a very interesting guy who's seen a lot of stuff. Like, John is this, like, sheltered guy, so it's, like, like, I don't think you watch the Green Hornet and go, well, like, why isn't Kato just the main character then? But I do think watching this, you're, like, wouldn't, <laughs> like, wouldn't I rather see Tonto shoot Cavendish than have him constantly putting a, gu- a gun in John's hand yeah. to shoot him? Like. yeah. The movie has to bend over backwards to say, like, well, you're a spirit walker and I believe that he's a Wendigo, which means you're the only one who can kill him. And it's like, that's not even true and we don't really buy it. So, so like, anyway.
0: Before this came out, was Army Hammer, I know he was in the social network, but was he like, uh, was there a reason to not have him, I don't know. 'Cause like Johnny Depp is huge. Like, he was a much, Depp, he was a a much smaller like a star movie.
3: than even as even he's a, he was a much smaller star than he even is now, I think. Like I think Army Ham I think okay. the, the social network was really the social network and the failed Justice League movie were, I believe, the biggest things he was known for. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah, uh, it was like he I agree
0: totally with what you're saying that like Tonto, his story is so much more developed he's so much more developed as a character he's so much more interesting um and like i think possibly like some of that came from like wanting to not have this character just be a stereotype or something like that but i think like you're saying a lot of it was probably it's johnny depp and gore verbinski they're gonna really emphasize that but it's like the movie's called the lone ranger Mm -hmm. so like i really i would rather I like most of the Tonto stuff that's in it, but I would rather them, like, really beef up John's character uh, so that you, you you know, obviously Mm -hmm. you want to care about every character. Um, Well, or just,
1: like, I think there's a way to more explicitly make John... Like, I'm not saying that this would be good, but since they were very willing to reimagine the Lone Ranger myth to begin... Like, they were totally fine with, like, starting from scratch, basically, with the Lone Ranger story. So they could have said, like, oh, maybe the truth that Tonto is telling the kid in this framing device is, like, I did all the shit that you associate with the Lone Ranger. Like, and then you still have John, but John's more of, like, the bumbling sidekick. Mm-hmm. I don't really know if Tonto is uh, a bumbling sidekick in the original, but, I mean, his name means stupid, so, like, I don't know. He's not. Like, he's not. Exa- he's very
3: capable. He's very capable.
1: But basically, like, the balance of power, and then you would have even probably more of a problem that Johnny Depp's the one playing <laughs> When it's like, okay, a lead role for, anyway, but, so I don't know what the solution is, I just know that um, what you're left with is kind of being like, well, like you're saying, the main character is not nearly as motivated or developed as this other guy who's way more interesting, but for some reason can't be the guy who, like, is really taking the actions of the story, and it's a little bit confusing.
0: I could see how they would make what they made with the Lone Ranger, though, because I was thinking back now to Pirates of the Caribbean and like Orlando Bloom is in that movie. And I think he's the main character. (laughs) He is. But I don't like everybody was all about Johnny Depp in that one. Um, Yeah,
1: I think that's true. But I think Will was more like Will is Will Turner. Why do I know that? I don't know. But he. uh, I think he was kind of an audience audience surrogate, too, which, like. And then Johnny Depp. I. I mean. I definitely. I think Captain Jack. But I mean. It. 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 It's worth noting that like, Johnny Depp's the biggest star of both of these movies. These are the roles he chose, which means yeah. to him, they were like the lead slash most interesting For sure. characters to play. Um, and I mean Johnny uh, Jack Sparrow is like the character that every that all the other characters and pirates are talking about. But. I think if I think if John Reed was a little bit more like Will Turner, then this movie might work a little bit better. Like if he was a little bit more of like an audience surrogate. Yeah. Um, like our way into this world, which he kind of is, except that, like by the end of Pirates of the Caribbean, Will Turner's not Captain Jack. Like he's a pirate now, I guess, but he's not like
3: (laughs) he's not even (laughs) the star of the movie. Like he's
1: the main. Exactly. It's not like and now the continued adventures of will turner it's like no this is still about jack sparrow for sure
0: you know and that has the advantage of being called pirates of the caribbean not the legend of will turner whatever yeah so yeah but
1: even if even if they called it like i think if you i think you could do like a deconstruction of the loan again like they're willing to do they they're doing it kind of in this movie already Mm -hmm. by saying he was some uh (laughs) effete lawyer and like, it wasn't even the, you know, Dan Reed wasn't even the guy who became anyway, all of that. And it would be interesting to think about again, since this is not a movie, this isn't really geared toward kids anyway. It's like, there's something to like, okay, he wears them that he's an effective vigilante kind of as he's very Batman-y in the sense that it feels kind of inspired by like Batman a little bit that, I mean, Tonto's point is they think you're dead, and that makes it a lot easier for you to. But they can also—they also, they also
3: instantly recognize him. I never understand the, right. the mask has no consistent. Well, uh, Army yeah. Hammer Purpose. also
1: looks nothing like the guy playing his brother. He's like seven feet tall for one thing. Right. So, <laughs> but they. It could also be possibly... I mean, there's other reasons that Tonto could need a John Reed on his side. Do you know what I mean? Like, e- yeah. even if Tonto is the capable one, it's like, there's kind of a subtext here of like, hmm, I wonder why Tonto can't just go out and accomplish this by himself. And it's like, well, maybe it'd be very handy to have an attractive white government-empowered <laughs> man on his side. Like, more stuff like that. Again, I don't need the movie to be like... It's just the kind of are skating around all these things and they right. try to have moments like where, like John's most heroic moment arguably is when, you know, he's, he does stand up for Tonto on a couple of times, a couple of times. And then like, you know, in the next scene he's saying, you know, calling him a savage or whatever, which is
3: like, <laughs> cool, dude. Like
1: not, it's like, I mean, I guess that's what people do in real life also, but it just,
3: it doesn't, it doesn't, just, it doesn't make you want to I root for their friendship, which is like, that's the, Supposed to yeah, be the core John... of the Lone Ranger is his friendship with <laughs> that's Tonto. That's the thing.
1: Right. Like, ta- like I can so totally see why... Like, that's the thing, is I think the movie doesn't have enough respect for Tonto. And a lot of that I actually feel like comes from Johnny Depp. Like, in a weird way. Not Johnny Depp not respecting Tonto, but Johnny Depp wanting Tonto to be um, like, stupider and weirder and more nonsensical than he needs to be. Because there's also a way where, like, people could be caught. Like, when William Fitchner calls uh, Tonto crazy, like, we don't know as an audience, like, is that because he's crazy or is that because he's an Indian and, you know... Right. To William Fitchner, he seems crazy because he's a Native American or whatever. Um, But, like, when they have things like... Like, a lot of the shit that I was cutting in addition to the framing device was, like, really dumb jokes with Tonto, like, where he takes... uh, Army hammers glass and drinks it, and for no reason, and then gives him some dumb like Native American mysticism explanation that's meant to make John look like a fool, and then late just so that we can have the follow up scene where John tries to take the chief's drink and drink it, and it's like this isn't funny; it's just dumb. Or like when he puts his head in the fucking bird cage, like
2: yeah, that, that was, was weird.
1: so hard to cut around. My God, <laughs> like, it was such a fucking nightmare to try to get that dumb shit or like when the horse is like drinking but then the horse isn't drunk there's not even any follow-up to it the horse is fine it's like why does all there's shit it's or like him dragging army hammer's head through horse shit it's like this the shit with him talking to the horse i like but go ahead
0: so the the horse shit part that bugged me so much like all i can think when that something like that happens in a historical movie is that you don't have any sanitizer like you have nothing like you're you're going to have that shit in your hair for forever. Um, Which he does. He, does. Like, he wakes, wakes up, up and he's it's, like, got yeah, it's into his hair. Nasty. right. Yeah, but it was just I was just like, oh, that's gross. Like they don't have. I also, I mean, even if you had shampoo, it's it's shit. Like you would have, you know, bacteria yeah. and all I know, didn't. I also bugs cut
1: me. cut like the scaffolding thing because it's like, what did Tonto build this. Right. And the they, and, and, and they, oh yeah. And they that hard,
3: they hard, which now you've removed the, the payoff of the shit in the hair joke, but like, uh,
1: yes, I cut all the shit in the hair, but, from uh, the material.
3: it, <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. Cause it's like, he's on that scaffolding on an, impo- that's kind of the problem. I think in a lot of ways with being able to do anything in a movie with CGI is it's just like that, that platform is not, it's not on on some plateau or on the ground it is on this very skinny spire because they can do anything in a movie now. So let's make it the most insane thing. And then of course they have to hard cut to him walking on normal flat earth. And it's like, okay, so he scaled.
1: Yeah. How'd he get down? Is he
3: freaking Alex Honnold? Like what is happening? Like, did he free solo that shit? It just, it's.
1: Which again, and if and the problem is if they showed you Army Hammer doing that you'd be like, "Well, wait, then can this guy do stuff?" Right, exactly. And that's a very capable man if he's able to do this. The
3: the last Lone Ranger movie, which I used to watch a lot when I was a kid. I think it came out in like 86 or something like that. Um, it's a lot more like he, the Lone Ranger does kind of start out as kind of a a sort of wimpy dude. Um, and he does and he does it's a similar situation where they're ambushed and he gets killed, killed in quotations, and Tonto kind of brings him back to life or whatever. But the... It's a lot more, I think, vague in a good way um, as to, like, what his abilities following that are. Like, he's much... He is much more of, like, a Batman-type figure. Um... And I don't know. Like it's not like I it, it to me this movie it it's sort of like the things that make it good are the disney-ness of it and the things that make it bad are also disney. It's so it's sort of like all of the all of the all of the fun jokes, all of the sort of whimsical and crazy action sequences, all of that stuff feels very much like it's part of, you know, the disney machine. But then the things that make it fall apart in the biggest ways for me are really what we've been talking about, which is the inconsistencies of the character, you know, not maybe sort of like them sort of saddling this weird space where we can, we can suggest the most horrible violence coming from the bad guys, but we can't show the good guys really committing any serious acts of violence. And to me, it's like this movie is 1000% better if it goes, if, If the thing that changes John Reed is him seeing his brother brutally murdered, if he's, because that is, that is, that is it right there. That is justice failing, right? Like he, they go through this whole thing to to have, Mm -hmm. to have Cavendish arrested. And then it it immediately is all uh, stripped away and the corruption, it's all right there. And, but he continues. What's the
1: next thing? What's the next thing that happens when John Reed... So John Reed, like, his eye closes on a man eating his brother's heart out of his chest. What's the next thing that happens when he wakes up again?
0: Tonto kicks dirt on him?
1: He has shit in his hair.
0: Right. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Like,
1: that's what I'm talking about. It's like, that, and that, you're probably right, that's Disney in a nutshell. That's Disney going like, oh, God, I guess we'll let you have a fucking cannibal... In this movie,
3: yeah. Then something
1: funny has to happen next, please.
3: (laughs) Maybe I don't know because this is also very indicative of like just all of Gore Verbinski's movies with Disney uh, that make no sense. It's it's I don't know. It's a weird thing because it's like I don't know. I don't know where Disney ends and Gore Verbinski begins in this case.
1: Yeah, but I. But it's also like go ahead. Sorry.
3: Well, no, I was just gonna say like it. It's it to me. It's so easy. I think I think if this movie is made at another studio, it's maybe not as good in terms of the things that are really, really, really likable about this movie, but maybe it's a better movie overall. So it's like, I don't know. It's like, pick your pick. What do you want?
1: <laughs> I, I mean, I find, honestly, like, if I could get... <laughs> if I could get the footage, because I'm like, I know, I feel I know exactly what I do. There's certain things that would need to be... Like we need, we definitely need a different scene of John and Tonto talking after John has figured out like what Tonto's deal is. Like that comes perilously close to basically torpedoing the film. So we're bringing um, the cast
3: back together. We, huh, yes, we'll get a small crew. Yes, okay, it's gonna need, be like a Snyder cut. A Snyder we cut. We need, yeah.
1: um, we need, like you're saying, John to see to have a. Less goofy reaction because that's the thing too. Is it's like, then he and he and Tonto after he f- wakes up with the shit in his hair, he goes down and he kind of has the, you know the night in the desert with Tonto, and John's saying he's gonna go track down William. F- What's he saying he's gonna do? Because Tonto's like like Tonto's like you're leaving, like and then he tells him like oh by by the way there was a gun hidden on the train for. William Fitchner. Right. But it's like John's reaction is still nothing's nothing has changed him. I mean, really, what actually ends up changing him, it seems like, is that when he finds out um, that Tom Wilkinson was lying about the treaty, which is like, okay, so you found you saw someone eat your brother's heart
3: who should have been in prison, that that you arrested yourself.
1: Right. You found out that your buddy. Like your good friend, supposedly, like was betrayed by, you know, these people, um, and saw his entire village slaughtered, and it destroyed his mind. Basically, um, you've seen the uh, government start like a false flag war with the <laughs> with the Comanche, and basically slaughter all of them under false pretenses. Mm-hmm. But the thing that makes him go, mm, "I'm the Lone Ranger now," is <laughs> finding out. That like Tom Wilkinson lied about where the trains was gonna
3: be or something. <laughs> like, and like. the thing is is like you can do you can do a character <laughs> that has a strong moral compass and sense of justice, uh, and not have it be like nails on a chalkboard. Like, uh I was just thinking about uh there's a Perry Mason miniseries on HBO uh-huh. right now. And his whole thing is like, his mantra is, uh, what does he say? It's something like, um, uh, there's legal and and then there's right or something like that. that what I don't know what he says. Some, something like that. And basically, it's just, it's like, that's what we need right there. It's like, he figures out that justice is is not necessarily defined by, you know, words on a page or something like that. And then we get to see him be a true vigilante. Like, that's such a, that's a great movie. Let's watch that movie. That's
1: what I- that's what I'm saying it's like Batman doesn't kill people either but like that's why I mean can you imagine a moment of the Lone Ranger handing Tonto the gun and letting Tonto kill William Fitchner? like yes. fuck that would rule so that would be I would be like fuck you yeah. like that would have been such a pumped up moment They also don't um,
3: they also don't they they also creatively find ways to put Batman in situations in which he's able to make the choice not to kill somebody and have it have resonance and make sense. Right. Yeah. They don't.
1: (laughs) Yes. He doesn't. Right. Instead of putting him in a situation where he has a gun to the bad guy's head and then he just has to not kill him. Right. (laughs) Right. Like, Like he, and it's also like, there's also, I think something to the idea that the, that the crimes with which Batman is dealing are fictional the crimes with which Tonto is dealing are based in a kind of historical record. Of like, and it's, and I mean, it just, I think it kind of reveals the sort of like how empty the gesture of being like, um, this is like the pro native American Lone Ranger. When you're like, you won't even like you're, you won't let this guy kill this guy. Are you fucking serious?
2: <laughs> let him
1: kill this guy. For God's sake. <laughs>
0: Okay, I have a few notes that we haven't touched on. Mm -hmm. Some of them are just quick. They're not really conversational, but I I do have at least one question. Uh, One thing I noted was that Ruth Wilson looks so much like Michelle Monaghan. Mm -hmm. It was weird. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like for, for, I don't know, seconds of the movie or something, I I was like, wait, is that Michelle Monaghan? Um, I have Ruth Wilson notes too. And Rebecca
3: Ferguson. Okay. The the lady from Mission Impossible. Yeah, a little bit. I think they look a lot alike
0: yeah um okay uh, I said it feels like Johnny Depp is for most of the movie he's like too stiff or kind of he's too like placid, and he does have moments that are kind of fun, but I wanted him, even just as a character, I wanted it to like let loose a little more. I definitely wanted that from the Lone Ranger, but then I wanted like Tonto to have a little bit more of like you know where he's not quite so like off in space um but uh but my question was so there's those killer rabbits i guess like yeah. when they're sitting at the campfire is that just because nature is out of balance or is that supposed to be like there were killer rabbits or something i think I didn't understand
1: see that is i that seems to be a problem some reviewers have there's a story that i saw that i don't know if it's true that there was kind of two competing versions of the movie one that what like what Gord verbinski was interested in was in kind of showing the like um capitalist a-hole side of the story and then there was this other side that was like this magic and mystical thing i don't buy that because these are the people who made rango and all that shit feels so of a piece with rango to me yeah um but i actually think they coexist fine like i don't need an explanation of like why i mean there's also like is there really magic in this movie or not? Like, is John a Wendigo or not? Like, what was the ritual? Did the ritual that Johnny Depp perform really do anything? Obviously, the horse has to be fucking magic. The other thing right. that bugs me about the horse is okay, I love that horse. I think it's funny that the horse is like up on the roof and up yeah. in the tree. Like, I like that shit. What bugs me about that is I have this feeling that much like the little kid going like, "Wait, Dan's dead." That the reason they did that is for some reason they felt they needed to justify why the horse is on the roof at the end in the last set piece when you start you when you hear doo 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 right. doo 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 and he's up on this and I'm like. I think that that's why they establish multiple times that the horse can apparently climb shit or teleport to the top of stuff because otherwise we wouldn't believe that it could run on these rooftops, which like.
3: Oh, that's painful. I bet you're right. I bet you're right. (laughs) And that's amazing to me. That's amazing to me because think about, think about the money and time and thought that goes into painstakingly establishing that a horse can get up on top of stuff and then all the yeah. all the other areas where they <laughs> failed to establish things that are actually important to the movie. Right. That's what I, mean. Are.
1: I like I like the part of the movie like I like as much as this could have been just like a, a legit like really straightforward western. I liked the parts of it that had kind of weird mystical yeah. humor in like I liked all that stuff. It's definitely part of yeah. why I enjoy the movie. Um and I think, like, the rabbits, the, those rabbits, to me, they just, they feel very Gore Verbinski. <laughs> like,
0: yeah, and just... I didn't necessarily mind it because, mm-hmm. you know, it was, but it did surprise me. And then, it like, nothing else really that odd is going on. Like, a horse on a roof is impossible, I guess. But, like, um, to just randomly have this entire species of, like, fanged rabbits running around, I just didn't understand. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay, I think I'm about... Done with what I've got, but I have one fairly big topic. But I think all my like little notes are done. Okay. So there was one little thing about that that town they were in. I don't know what it was, and I don't know if this was deliberate or not. But it sort of reminded me of the town in Dead Man with Johnny Depp. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like I think it was like the way the building was set up, and then something else. So I don't know if that was intentional, like a callback to Johnny Depp movie that nobody, you know, nobody who's seen yeah. The Lone Ranger. Was <laughs> in. Um But okay. I so have the big s- <laughs> well okay so the big thing i wanted to talk about has to do with uh film and the uh they used film and they used digital and then i wanted to talk a little bit about the lighting in the movie and then like the sets and the costumes but real quick i thought of one more other thing i'm i don't have uh, anything prepared but you, you guys kind of addressed the the native american um kind of the controversy or the aspect or the angle of it but i was curious like uh, so there was the uh, the Chinese uh, railroad workers that, mm-hmm. like, I felt like they sort of introduced it. Like, right. Like, like, they were clearly a group, and I think at one point they all kind of run off because they're afraid there's, like, the ghosts in the mines or something like that. Uh, but were you aware of, was that at all controversial? or Because I don't even really know that much about the actual history I, of building I the don't, railroad. I, know I don't think the- so.
3: I don't think so, and it's it's it, I did kind of, like, wonder that when... Uh, when Johnny Depp or when Tonto comes out and he's wearing like the I don't know what it's called, kind of like a gi or the hat in the hat, the rice patty hat or whatever. Right. Um, but yeah, I it was, was like, like that was, frame alone. I know. I was like, forever. what? <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. It was like it was. I was just thinking of uh of Robert Downey Jr. saying, "Uh, I'm a dude playing a dude disguised as another dude." Right, um, yeah. In comic- yeah,
1: I think one of the dumbest moments in the movie is when Tonto who is Johnny Depp playing a native American says to what appear to be actual, like Chinese actors or at least actors of Asian descent, like, uh, white people or something like
0: that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and well, it's like, guys. I, I had a, I had a thought too. And I think this might've actually been after the movie, but it would have been like, they could have done like an inglorious bastards or a Django unchained, like revisionist history. Cause it would have been pretty satisfying with yes. as bad as these railroads guys were. And like the soldiers and stuff. Um, it would have been pretty satisfying to see these, you know, these these Chinese laborers and then the Native Americans, like you know, all just kind of come in. Yes. Although the actual climax of the film on the trains was incredible, I loved it. But right, that but, would I mean, have been. They cool. could have been
1: involved in the part where the Native Americans attack. Potentially, I mean, I mean, yeah. that would have that would have stret the the Chinese like. I would say the Chinese railroad worker, like, it was incredibly dangerous work, which is why right. they were why they were allowed to do it. And right. hundreds, like, tons and tons of people died doing that work. Yeah. I still don't think they had the same, um, they didn't have as much to lose, in a sense, as the Native Americans did, which, like, I True. think them, yeah. like, maybe subtly undermining. The, I don't know. I don't know. They would have lost their jobs or whatever. Maybe uh, it's hard. But yeah, it seems like there could have been.
0: Something could have been. A a little more to do.
1: Yeah. With, uh, with them or else, I don't know. Don't introduce it at all. Um, But instead they kind of just used it for like, I guess, like the weird exoticism of him, like wearing the hat and carrying the bird cage and stuff like that. Although,
0: I mean, I think there was some, it was kind of like, There there was some interesting, like, historical look to the movie. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, that was a historical thing. And it was about the railroad. So I could, you know... But it's like... I I wasn't... uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I wasn't, like... um, uh, I wasn't bringing it up for any sort of, like... uh, it bothered me necessarily or anything. I thought it was interesting and I was curious if anything about that had so. come up at the time, but yeah, I don't think so. I, don't, I
1: honestly don't even think that Johnny Depp playing a native American was that big a deal or had anything to do with no. the movie flopping. I think, I don't yeah. think, I so. think
3: it, I think, um, no, I don't think it it's, do it's, I think it's sort of like Tropic Thunder. Like, I think it's kind of the same thing where it just, it kind of happened at a, at a, a, a time and in such a way that, if you, like, if you did it, if you hit just the right chord, you could get away with it. I think, yeah. I think I think this movie got away with it less than Tropic Thunder, but was also immediately forgotten. we, yeah. we
1: also just like traditionally like don't give much of a shit about <laughs> Native American issues. Yeah. Really? like that's not sure. really does tend not to get a lot of traction, I don't think. Yeah. Or no, I mean, to this day kind think, of not really be a reason why a movie would fail.
3: It's kind of the um, same way with with and by we you I mean, mean the any, three any of any us kind of
0: Asian stuff
1: yeah
0: right yeah us three specifically us three specifically yeah um, yeah, um, yeah a lot th- a lot of that is usually black and white it's that's the kind of the thing that people mm-hmm. are most uh, ready to. Jump I on. thought
1: it I thought it was interesting though that like this on this watch noticing how much kind of like the um the clearly former Confederate uh like military Custer type guy.
3: Mm. Barry Pepper. He
1: has a, some interesting, like, is that Barry Pepper? It is. Yeah. Okay. He ha- he, so Barry Pepper gets some interesting color to his character. He's, ve- he's not a very big character, but he has a few moments where they're like, you can tell that he is very um, upset to learn that this may have been a false flag operation. Yeah. And that he feels that if he killed people who did not do anything that that would be uh wrong <laughs> yeah and then you see like I thought that was an interesting color to the kind of like to I guess the way that like people kind of twist or compromise their morals in order to like justify their own actions right. and like it, it was just like a, a different take on like a someone doing something racist But it's weird to me that, like, as you bring up, like, the, you know, the Chinese railroad workers, like, that guy gets more, gets a character. (laughs) Like, that guy who's, like, barely on screen and is almost just a joke of looking like such a, like, blonde, fastidious, you know, southern, you know, officer. He has kind of more development than, you know, any, there just, it seems like there's a lot of... uh, certain things get more attention than certain other things that like might make them not only make the movie better but be more kind of like balanced i guess if they got right. if they got some more attention right. but yeah. i mean i thought what they did with the you know that's great color for a character i just wish that every character got that much like I, like what i wanted to say about ruth wilson is I think it's kind of a bummer what ends up becoming of her character because she starts out, first of all, I think she looks perfect. She looked so right as this character, like so believable as this kind of like fifties, like Western heroine. Um, and she has like a toughness about her that really, um, works. I think it's really cool. Like she starts out feeling like a really like capable woman in a very hostile environment. Um, But then by the end, she's like trapped in a fancy dress, screaming and being threatened with rape over and over and saying things like, I told you he'd come. Like, I feel like the the we really we don't need the moment either of like the kid needing like there's like the movie pauses for like a couple of minutes to have this thing where the kid needs to put the gun down. And it's like this movie's two and a half hours. Why is this in here? Like. I really don't need this is not a movie I need to see kind of like use violence against women and children for the sole purpose of like making the bad guys seem worse like Yeah. Like Tom Wilkinson's well, that, a bad Mhm.
0: That part where Tom Wilkinson's like, "Well, it looks like I'm going to have to teach you some manners." Yes,
1: exactly. Right. And it's yeah. like, "Okay, we get Tom Wilkinson's a bad guy, a bad right. dude. But shouldn't he be Doesn't it make more sense for him to be kind of like a genteel sort of evil like than his brother like he's a nefarious capitalist his brother's the one who does the dirty work it doesn't really make sense to me to have tom wilkinson be like striking a child yeah or a woman and then like cavendish is like a fucking cannibal he eats well i think people's legs and hearts so why do we see him like threatening to rape ruth wilson over and over like
3: yeah. dude i agree that's
1: just that's really putting a hat on a hat i think
3: i I think (laughs) that's a good way to put it um i think the idea they're trying to convey is that the stuff that tom wilkinson is preaching about the whole movie is actually he's actually completely full of shit
1: but we know that (laughs) we i mean i agree that he's he's lying the whole time no i'm just yeah. yeah
3: no i'm just saying that like i think that's like showing showing the 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 lines uh smeared between who his brother is and who he is. I think that's the whole point. It's just like, oh, yeah. they're they're actually not that different.
1: Yeah, sure. I think but I but I I feel like a more interesting angle on that to explore is how they are different, Oh, absolutely. which is like if t- like Tom Wilkinson thinks thinks he's better than his brother.
2: Yeah. Because
1: He doesn't, I guess, eat women's legs or whatever. Or, like, he's not an outlaw. Like, there there is, like, vitriol when Tom Wilkinson talks about his, like, wastrel of a brother. But it's, like, you're totally dependent on him to achieve your own aims. Like, that is a more interesting, like, kind of hypocrisy than... I guess the kind like you're saying they're trying to illustrate, which is like, wait a minute. He actually hits kids. And it's like, okay, fine.
2: <laughs> like whatever. Yeah. Like,
1: How about he's just an evil, like train Baron. Like that's, <laughs> that's plenty. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, I read a little bit about how they shot it because as I was watching it, I was like, this looks too good to have been entirely digital in 2013. Oh yeah. Um, for sure. And they did, they did mix up uh, digital with, with film. Mm-hmm. And um, But, yeah, so it was interesting. I read a little bit. There was, like, a American Cinematographer magazine or something. Um, they had a long interview with the director of photography that I didn't really understand. You, you would probably find it pretty interesting. Um, but he said that for a lot of the outdoor stuff, they wound up using film. And then for a lot of the indoor stuff, uh, it was sometimes a mix, but it was largely digital. And that had to do, I guess, with lighting. Yeah, and, that makes sense. Um, all that kind of stuff. But I thought it really, like it worked like the digital worked fine the the film worked great i thought it, the movie looked awesome um and then yeah like the sets and the outdoor like the outdoor scenery looked beautiful and it was this it's a wider aspect what do they call it when it's is like 2.35
3: yeah or, 2.35 um, is is a is a is a wider panoramic it's usually okay. it's what it looked it's what like a lot of westerns are shot at. wider of. with this one
0: yeah okay um but yeah so i thought like just the That to me was the greatest strength. The greatest, most consistent strength of the film was the visual aspect of everything. It just, um, there were a handful of CGI effects that did have that kind of soft, blurry look that things did at the time. Um, Yeah, for the most part, I thought all the practical stuff and everything real just looked really cool.
1: I thought like the Night Train Attack had a little bit of that like CG, like soft, glowy, like day for night, DC.
3: It's that final it's boss
1: that, battle, battle thingy. Yeah, yeah,
3: it's that. It's that. It's that day for night look. I think. Um, I don't. But it still I, yeah.
1: looked. It still had like a cool look to it. Yeah, sure. but I agree.
3: Like looked, yeah. I agree it with you. Good. Yeah, it, it kind of stops. I feel like. I think. I think that it feels a little less real than, maybe some of the other, uh,
1: yeah,
3: s- sections of the movie. Even the other night scenes, <laughs> it looks different from there. Like just remarkably yeah. Yeah. different. Yeah. Well, I think. whereas.
1: I mean, I think the look of it is the reason that I'm just going to, I think, over the years, just, like, feel like watching this movie every once in a while. Sure, because yeah. Because it's just, like... And that's kind of why I don't mind... I mean, full full disclosure, I fell asleep during the first time I watched this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then woke up. Like, I don't think I miss very much. But I kind of like that. Like, it, it has a it's like I can see why it wouldn't like it would be better if it didn't have that quality right but but I but just kind of like long wide vistas of people wandering through the like you know the searchers is boring in a
0: (laughs) yeah well no they uh they specifically the cinematographer said they took a lot of inspiration uh from Sergio Leone or Mm -hmm. Leone oh there's so Um, much once upon a time in the west in this movie
3: Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely.
0: Even the uh, I sent you guys the song from the soundtrack. They bar- Hans Zimmer works that song into that
3: that theme oh, into the soundtrack of this one. I, did, I didn't. So, I did not notice that. I did listen to the yeah, song, but well, I did not catch that.
0: I've I've listened to the Once Upon a Time in the West soundtrack like so many times. Yeah, it's it's great. It was like I I rarely pick up on anything like that, and I was like, hey, I'm picking up on a uh, a <laughs> reference to another movie. That's cool. But um, but yeah, I don't know. All in all, I thought it was a pretty solid little flick.
1: Yay. Little indeed. One <laughs> yeah. of the most yeah. expensive movies ever.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um any any little stragglers? Uh, no, I, I just
1: love um we mentioned the shot of when he says the future and then the doors open, but I also yeah. love the line that Fitchner says after that when he goes, know something, counselor? Maybe you're right. Like that's a good... <laughs> so, <laughs> that's so funny. Love it.
3: Um the only thing I have is that I think they they gotta stop letting the pirates screenwriters write their movies. Uh, Ted Elliott, yeah. and Terry Rossio, mm. these guys gotta. We gotta stop them. <laughs> gotta take them down. Mm-hmm.
1: Did did this like end Gore Verbinski?
3: Uh, yeah, and, I would think and,
0: a cure for wellness ended Gore Verbinski. No, he
3: was done. But I think by a then. cure
1: for wellness was oh, really? like yeah. his punishment.
3: That is, yeah, he, really? yeah, that the cure for wellness. Uh, let me tell you what the probably
1: cost like. What, like yeah, I'm gonna, under 50, right?
3: The Cure. Really? For... So
0: actually then, that movie looked pretty damn good for it if it was budget Well, he's a
1: remarkably... Gore Verbinski can direct a fucking... I mean, he would yeah. make a movie look amazing.
0: It's true.
3: Yeah, I think he's a photographer. Maybe, I
0: guess that explains why nothing happened in A Cure for Wellness. They couldn't have yeah, a the budget. budget they the, could just film
3: cool stuff. Exactly. The budget for A Cure for Wellness was $40 million compared to... I was oh, going to okay. fucking
1: say that. I wish I had gone with that instead of under 50.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it looks great. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. But... But so
0: he's just—he hasn't directed anything much since this uh, Lone Ranger. Didn't no. he
3: do a
1: TV show?
3: Mm, great question. Yes, he did. And did he do? Oh my God! What is the it? Nick? No, that's Steven Soderbergh. The
0: Nicholas Soderbergh.
3: Oh. The Lone Ranger, Cure for Wellness. He apparently has a movie in pre-production. We'll see if it ever gets made. S- I think. Don't we all? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, we do. Fuck. Huh. I don't see anything. (laughs) He produced some stuff. He produced one thing. Yeah, he's really in. He's really in. That's too bad. Yeah, I agree. He's in movie jail for sure. Yeah, that's a bummer. That's what happens, though, you know? When when, when a a director gets to make a big movie, and then they. That's just like the system now, which sucks. um, Is that, you know, they make a big movie and then they get trapped inside only making that sort of thing. Oh, thank you. Um, and then they start sucking at it, and then they're not allowed to make anything ever again. Yeah,
1: that's that's why. Yeah, that's part of what makes me want to t- like preach the virtues of this movie because I'm like, Gore Verbinski does not deserve to be in movie jail for this. No. I don't. I mean, I think, like I said, I think he and Johnny Depp and the overconfidence of you know the team from Pirates. Has a lot to do with the problems with it, but I think probably most responsible of all is Disney, and like I have, and in terms of like the parts of directing that are making a movie look amazing, like it fucking looks amazing. Yeah, I want to see more Gore Verbinski movies, man.
3: Yeah, I mean I'm a fan, Free and I love Gore, that's, and I love Rango. Rango campaign. was great. Rango is between. It was really cool. Yeah. Between pirates and I mean, if
1: you look at this it, this track record, it's like Mouse Hunt, great. The Mexican, okay, we'll ignore that. The Ring, great. Pirates the of the Caribbean, great. uh, like, The Weatherman. Uh,
0: I didn't like The Weatherman, dude. The Weatherman's
1: not on here. You should correct his Wikipedia then. Okay. But this is a this is a good, pretty damn good track record. I mean, The Lone Ranger is one of the biggest flops of all time, unfortunately, yeah. but. He almost made a successful Western, which is like virtually
0: well impossible it, today. <laughs> this movie made a lot of money. It just didn't make what they spent on it. So like that's something like as far as Westerns go, like I think it made like 260, which is pretty incredible for a Western. Or I guess if you call this mm-hmm. a Western, I, I, I could see people arguing against. Yeah, that. I, I hesitate a little uh, bit. Yeah, but I mean, they spent with all the marketing and stuff. It was almost like five hundred million dollars. So, like, oh God, that's to, so stupid. Yeah, you would have to make like eight hundred million dollars at the box office or more, maybe, to make your money back and let alone profit. So that I think that was a mistake on higher levels than just the production. But you, you good, Kit? Any any other notes or anything?
1: Nope, I'm good. I know we spent a lot of time, you know, dissecting the problems with the movie, but I totally think it's a worthwhile watch and it's extremely beautiful to look at. And there's some really funny stuff in it. And uh, some moments that are like really fucking great. And the two train set pieces are both awesome.
0: Yeah. I think the ending, the ending train set piece alone is worth checking out. Uh, I think
1: the opening, I kind of prefer the opening one. I love them both, but I kind of prefer the opening train sequence, but they're both so fun. And
3: if you don't, and if you don't want to watch the movie, just watch those action scenes.
0: Yeah, there you go. Because you're really like the story is kind of convoluted mm-hmm. and the characters aren't necessarily good. Yeah, so. but I think yeah but the best all, the best examples all,
3: of of cinema are those two scenes in the entire easily yeah. yes. And then, yeah,
0: yeah. All in all, I thought it was a pleasant surprise. Mm-hmm. Good pick, Kit, on your uh, secret successes. Okay. Uh, what do we have time for a cruise? minute? Yeah,
3: who do we think uh, sure. Tom Cruise can play? And let me tell you that I already know the answer, and I think it's either the Lone Ranger or Tonto.
1: <laughs> I think he well. It would be interesting to see him play this Lone Ranger. It would be a very um, live, die, repeat kind of a mm-hmm. character, mm-hmm, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd like to see him play uh, Tom Wilkinson's character.
0: Ugh. I was going to say, I could see him being a villain in this.
3: Get out of here. Uh,
0: especially if, like you said, if they had made Tom Wilkinson's character more like the genteel villain without those mm-hmm. moments of like, like uh, obvious cruelty. Um I think he could have played like a really good sinister like mastermind kind of guy. Well, and if he Um,
1: was like, because there's a subtext of like Tom Wilkinson is, well, it's weird because there's a throwaway line in the uh, scene that Andrew fell asleep for where (laughs) Tonto says that Tom Wilkinson's character is a gelding, i.e. his balls got blown off in the Civil War. Oh, so but then there's also that makes the whole thing about
3: wanting a family that that he wanted Dan's family. That's Oh, my God. All right.
1: Right. Mm. Um, But I feel like if it was Tom Cruise pursuing Ruth Wilson, there would be a little bit more of a like.
2: Hmm. See, (laughs) I feel like if Tom Cruise were
3: playing it, their line would have been something about how his balls got bigger during the Civil War. Yeah. Well, no,
1: I just think you would take, a, yeah, like you would take he away. He swallowed
0: two cannonballs.
3: Yeah, that, they uh, went were straight to his him testicles. And, yeah, he <laughs> would seem
1: like he would seem like more of a threat. There's also, I don't know if you notice things that I'm again watched this movie so many times. I'm just now picking yeah. up on certain plot elements. One is that this most recent watch, I realized that when um, when the Rangers are looking at the train coming in, and one of the Uh, ranger one of the rangers like is wondering what Dan is so worried about or basically one of the other rangers goes it's not not Butch Cavendish he's worried about meaning and then that's when we get the shot of Army Hammer what that means that we don't know yet because we have we don't have the means of understanding it is Dan is worried because he knows his wife's in love with John like that (laughs) like that's what I think he's worried about oh yeah I got his brother fucking his wife but I just thought it was like Oh, his brother is this like bumbling fool because then the introduction to the brother is the little doll going out the window, which is very funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. That he's like worried that his like Mister Magoo type brother is going to like ruin his <laughs> his plans or something like
0: that. Um. All right. Well, thank you for joining us tonight, folks. Uh, but wait, Mike. Join us next time.
3: But wait, I gotta stop you right there, buddy. What are we gonna? What
0: are you stopping me? For
3: we're wrapping up, Andrew. We, we're done. No, the <laughs> listeners want to know what we're gonna talk about on the next episode. I actually haven't decided ah, yet. Um, damn it! So I have. All right. Well, that's gonna disappoint features. everybody.
0: What's that? Well, so we could choose it live on air, or we could just choose it off air. I have three triple features
3: oh that my we can pick. God. From. Okay. Well, can you okay. just can you just quickly tell uh, us? Wanna, yeah. Tell do you want to hash it out? Just tell me.
2: Yeah.
1: Let's just, let's okay. see if this becomes anything.
3: Okay, so
0: let me open my inbox real quick. I hope I hope nobody can decode the audio of what keys I was hitting there.
3: They can. They can.
0: Yeah, for sure. Shit. Okay. Swordfish. So, oh, I have three, Uh, or so four. four, Oh my lord. So (laughs) there's there's two two De Palma triple features. Uh, One would be basically widely accepted to be very good De Palma films. So Phantom of the Paradise, Dressed to Kill, and Blowout. But Phantom of the Paradise wasn't really like one of his classics, but I just really want to watch that with Kit.
3: Yeah, that'd be Mm -hmm. fun. Then, what's that? I said that would be a lot of fun.
0: That would be fun. Mm -hmm. Underrated De Palma would be the next triple feature, which would be Body Double, Snake Eyes, and Femme Fatale. Which I think would be quite a bit of fun as Is well. Is
1: Body Double underrated?
0: Well, I would. I'm just learning this. It it was at the time, Body Double. It's like, but it has it's, become. It's like widely my, recognized. It's like my like second favorite of, of one of his movies. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. It's it's awesome. I love Body Double. Um, but it was underrated at the time, so it could kind of fit. And then I think Snake Eyes and Femme Fatale continue to be underrated. Mm. Uh, my third one was just like, I guess like Alter. 90s movies uh, that are just insanely perfect so uh breaking the waves buffalo 66 and then it's not necessarily a perfect film but i just recently watched belly which is hype williams oh yeah and uh it's pretty freaking cool like i don't know have you ever seen that Uh uh-uh okay very very stylish it's kind of convoluted and messy but it was like um it was it was interesting so i thought that would be an option and then the other one was the 1975 americana movie uh movies that i wanted to do back pre Corona mm-hmm. or uh, what do you call it? COVID. Um, <laughs> I think you can call it Corona. You can call it, remember. you can call anyway. whatever you want, man. Uh, okay. Uh, so it, this, this one would be 1975 American. It would be Nashville smile. And then maybe like white line fever race with the devil, uh, possibly shampoo to get a little different slice of America. Um, and then there's also of course jaws. So, uh, yeah, Wh- which uh, I think, which direction do you guys want to go in?
3: I can tell you that my preference. I vote one. I vote one or three. One? Okay. I, the only reason I'm not interested in two is because I, and maybe I'm wrong. I'm willing to be to admit this, but I don't like Femme Fatale or ever want to watch it again. But maybe it's right. That last time I watched it was 15 years ago. I,
1: so. I really yeah. wanted to watch Snake Eyes, but I also love Blowout. I want to see Phantom of the Paradise and like Dress to Kill sounds cool too. Mm. So.
0: Well, maybe then this time let's do Phantom of the Paradise, uh, Blowout, and Snake Eyes. Does that, that would sound be, good?
1: There you go. That sounds amazing. Dunzo. Okay. To me.
0: Well, then that's the next Those triple. Those are all is the be, movies
1: I want to watch. So. <laughs> it's going
0: gonna, it's gonna to be a delightful De Palma triple feature. Um, I've been wanting to do a De Palma triple feature pretty much since we started this, so I'm excited mm-hmm. that we we'll are doing that. Um, so Cool. Join us next time, folks. Oh, and uh, I got our ending spiel here. Um, slow motion triple feature was recorded in a treehouse deep within the old growth rainforest of the Congo. Special thanks to our producer, Lee, the man in the booth who makes it sound so smooth. If you'd like to contact us, please do so at slowmotion triple at gmail.com. <laughs>
2: Yeah.